Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning we look at Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26. This is where Matthias is chosen. Acts chapter 1, verses 15 to 26. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, altogether the number of names was about 120, and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his entrails gushed out, and in it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem. So that field is called, in their own language, Akal Dama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Therefore of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed too, Joseph called Bersabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. It's the word of God for us this morning. The stories in the Acts of the Apostles, the first work of church history, are, are not recorded for us to simply to remind us of the past. These stories are preserved because they shed some light on ways that the church can faithfully respond to its ever-changing circumstances. Last week we talked about the change Peter had to endure with regards to preaching to Gentiles. So what we have in the Acts of the Apostles is not only a story about the past, but a guidebook to the future. This is certainly the case with a story set before us on this final Sunday of the Easter season. There is a crisis in the church and we see how the people respond. What's the crisis? The death of Judas and the vacancy this leaves in their ministry with regards to the twelve. A full complement of twelve disciples is considered of vital importance, not as a practical matter, but as a reminder of Israel's twelve tribes and the twelve patriarchs for whom they are named. The claim of the Christian community is that it is a new and reformed Israel, having its own dozen patriarchs, is, at the time at least, an important part of its claim. And what's the response? Well, Matthias is elected to fill the empty place, thereby restoring the apostolic group to their full strength of twelve. This was a big deal to them. It was a major crisis for them. They felt they needed twelve people to represent the twelve tribes of Israel's. But there's something more happening here. 
we have a crisis and a response pattern that can be applied to numerous circumstances in the life of a Christian community. Consider how it might have happened otherwise. Judas betrays Jesus, then later takes his own life, a space empty among the twelve. The early Christian community, a group of some 120 people, could respond differently than they do. They could spend their time preoccupied with the failures of Judas. They could fragment into parties that would eventually oppose one another. They could become stuck, waiting passively for the next one of the twelve to go the way of all flesh. Any of these responses is possible given human nature and how groups function. What they decide on is a different option. Peter seems to have a big role in this. He stands up and makes a speech summarizing the situation and proposing a course of action. That speech occupies most of today's reading from Acts, but the most brilliant speech is worth little unless people choose to act upon it. Peter manages to strike the right chord. He urges that someone be found to replace Judas. That person must fit certain criteria. What's needed is somebody who has followed Jesus since the earliest days and who can testify to the reality of the resurrection. The community responds by putting forth not one candidate, but two. Through prayer and the casting of lots, one of them is chosen, Matthias. And like that, the crisis is resolved. Again, it could happen otherwise. Peter's proposal could be shouted down or condemned by silence. There could be no candidates to put forward, or those suggested could decline the honor. Those things are known to happen in human groups. But instead, Peter exercises leadership by proposing a solution to the community's dilemma. The community responds not simply with verbal assent, but with two qualified candidates willing to serve. A process of choosing is employed, which has been blessed by community prayer. The result is, as I said, crisis resolved. There's a principle at work here that can benefit the church in every generation. What we see is the power of God working in the lives of the men who are earnestly seeking the will of God. A faithful response to a crisis involves seeking the will of God. Sometimes we forget that. And on the level of understanding, this seems obvious. But on the level of practice, it may not be obvious. In practice, groups and individuals often resort to other options. Options like blaming somebody, becoming fragmented, staying stuck. Each of these is a great way of helping a crisis go from bad to worse. Each one is popular among individuals and groups. Just look at the crisis in the United Methodist Church. Are we seeking the will of God? And I think those that are reading the Bible, reading God's Word, studying God's Word, applying God's Word, trusting God's Word, are indeed seeking God's will. Those that want to add to God's Word are certainly not seeking His will.
looking back at those 120 Christians gathered together, exercise some trust in the God who raised Jesus from the dead. They recognize themselves as a blessed community possessing gifts waiting to be put to use. They remember what God has brought them already. And so they respond to Peter's proposal. They put forth not just one qualified candidate, but two. They respond faithfully, leave the rest to God, and the result is a new 12th apostle. As we hear the story in Acts, it seems as though Matthias and Justice stepped forward at this moment, urged on by those around them. They are not mentioned previously in the New Testament, and they are not mentioned ever again. They simply come forth at the right time and make themselves available for God to use. Thank God for their willingness. We've talked in the past weeks about being available for God and being at the right place at the right time for God to work through your life. And at times of crisis, how do you respond? Do you ask God for help and guidance? Do you believe God will provide this help and guidance you need? Think back to the Old Testament story about the prophet Elisha, whose city was surrounded by the great army of a hostile king. And Elisha's attendant was there. He was worried about this. He was fearing the worst. But the prophet told him, Do not be afraid. For there are more with us than there are with them. No doubt the attendant looks around and goes, What? I don't see many people on our side, but I see a whole bunch of people on their side. Then Elisha prayed for his attendant, O Lord, open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the attendant's eyes and he saw. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is out of 2 Kings chapter 6, if you want to look at it later. Let us recognize that all of God's resources are available to us, and he will give us what we need when we respond in faith. The resources of God are more abundant and powerful than the resources of evil. God is with us, and when we are doing his will, he will provide what we need. The early church sought God's will through prayer. They faithfully served him and obeyed his revealed will. We should do the same today. Not just in our own individual lives, in the lives of our family, our friends, our co-workers, our organizations, but especially our church. As I said, we are in a time of crisis. We need to listen to God's will, to carry out his will. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you open our eyes and ears to see and hear the things that you would have us to see and hear. Help us to commune with you so that we may know what you want us to do in our lives. Watch over us and guide us as we respond to the situations that arise in our lives. Amen.